bring us to God. Now, I don't know if any of you are picking up on that, but it, it, it kind of worries me that he might, he might bring us to God. He died, so you could have the opportunity to go to God. So he wants you to go, but he didn't know if you were going to actually accept that. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's a, it's a marvelous sacrifice. And having been put to death in the flesh, we, but made alive in the spirit. He gave us life. Right? You ever heard that um, Jesus, who was life, took on death so that we who were dead took on life? Right? There's a lot of things he, he gave up. He was spirit, gave us spirit, right? He left the spirit, he left the presence of God, he gave us the presence of God. It's amazing what he's done. So looking at Christ as the pastor of the Lamb, we want to look at um, look at five different things that he actually did to prove himself as the pastor of the Lamb. And to me, they are very, very remarkable. Um, to you, they may just be like, eh, nothing. But I want you to actually... I want the Lord just to impact us in this. And mm -hmm. he just reminded me of something that I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to do it right now. I just want to thank God <laughs> that my bride, Tracy, is well. Yes. Yay! She was, she was really sick. Um, I took her to urgent care, and urgent care said, you know, we can't take care of her here. Mm -hmm. like, what? Mm -hmm. and that was within, like, I knew something was wrong, because within five minutes of being there, it went from, the first time I took her there, it was like one nurse in, in the um, room, and then another nurse. But this time it was one nurse, then a doctor, then another nurse, and then like five EMTs, right? And then they whisked her out and put her in the ambulance and took her to the scattered. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Mm. So God, I praise you and I thank you. And my wife, my bride is sitting right there and she's black. Okay. Sorry, I just want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> All right, so when we're looking at Christ as the pastor of the land, what, what significant event, events did he do to actually prove himself to be the pastor of the land? So in the Old Testament, it would be decreed later on that all the lambs had to come from Bethlehem. All pastor of the lambs had to come from Bethlehem, right? We know that Jesus was actually born in Bethlehem, so he's already from there. Um, so that's one, right? I know that when we look at the original Exodus, they didn't have the Bethlehem land. Because they're meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure that everyone knows that. Exodus 12, verses 3 and 5 read, Speak to all the congregation of Israel. This is Mo he's talking to Moses, saying, On the tenth of this month, which is Nisan month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's household. A lamb for each household. And then verse 4 is about if you don't have enough, you know, ask your neighbor. Your, verse 5, your lamb shall be an unblemished male. Right? So he's, he's telling them what they need to do. Right? So how is this actually related to Jesus? Well, this is called Lamb Selection Day. So on the day that they had to select lambs, it was called Lamb Selection Day. They came up with this own term. And they would choose their lambs and say, okay, this is going to be our lamb. That one, if this one had proofs to have a blemish, which I'll talk about later, we're going to get that one. Right? But they have these, these lambs. Now Jesus actually rode in on a donkey to Jerusalem on land selection day. So he came, he came into Jerusalem, he's on a donkey, he's saying, here I am, I'm the Lamb of God who's taken away the sins of the world. My Father's given me to you. Right? He didn't say this, but this is what's going on. This is symbolism that's happening. He's saying, God has given me to you for your forgiveness. Right? They're all waving the palm leaves and they're saying, Hosanna on the highest. Mm -hmm. um, really, really, really good. Right? 
Now, lambs were identified by the family. So in Exodus, if you read the Exodus account again, he said you're, you had to pull them into your, your house. And so I would have some kids or something, and the kids would go out there and they'd select the lambs. They would bring the, the lamb into the house, and that would be our, 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 our lamb that we're going to actually sacrifice. So this is the selection day, and now I'm actually going to hold on to this lamb for how many days? Four days. From the 10th to the 14th, I would, we'd watch the lamb, make sure the lamb was perfect, it had no defects, had no flaws, was not sick, no blemishes, without flaw, right? Mm -hmm. Unblemished. Now, that event actually took place with, with God, right? So we look at Jesus. He, he rode into to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, on a donkey. He's saying, this is lamb selection day. I'm selecting, the Lord selected me for you. Now he's here. Now it's time for me to actually be actually what? Tried. Remember that? When he was tried. Did they find any fault in him? They found fault in him, but was he guilty of any of those events? Not one, right? Not one. Now, if I back up a little bit, we also see that the, the family identified the lamb. This lamb right here is going to be our, our selection. Does anyone know when Jesus was actually, by a family member, called out as the lamb? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. John the Baptist, he was, of course, baptizing. That's what he did, right? Baptizing people in the river. And I hope he, he didn't like get overwhelmed and just kept the guy in the water as he saw the <laughs> Lamb of God. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Right? He identified right there. There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, so in four days, he's actually being tried. Um, they were accusing him of all kinds of things. The biggest one is that he's calling himself the Son of God. Right? And we all know that he is the Son of God, so he wasn't guilty. Even Pontius Pilate said what? No I guilt. find no fault in him. That's right. Yep. Then what do you do? Wash he said, do you want to crucify Barabbas? Mm. Or do you want to crucify this, this king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. Right? And they said, yep. king of the Jews. Yep. Crucify him. So we see supernaturally, in the supernatural, something happened naturally. We see that Jesus, who was guiltless, right, innocent, gave up his life for a guilty party. Right? Mm -hmm. Barabbas, who was guilty, should have died. But he didn't because Jesus took his place. Yep. Now it happened all for all, all humanity, right? Is willing to accept him as the Lord. Is this okay? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. good. Right. Uh, so they're kept in the house for four days, they were watching over them, and if they found some land to be blemished, they'd find a new one. Right? We know that they did not find correctly, they did not find Jesus to be blemished because they did not find a new land. Now, I'm gonna skip over. The whole time he was on the cross, except one part. Because next week, I imagine that Brian doesn't talk about that. Right? And I don't want to step on his toes. <laughs> now, when Jesus was on the cross, does anyone remember one of the last words that he actually uttered? It is finished. It is finished. Yep. Now, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, <laughs> the high priest, when he slaughtered the last lamb, he would say, it is finished. Yep. Oh, that's right? good. It is finished. Um, signifying that it's all done. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was telling us it's all done. I've heard also that he's, he's a ransom, um, basically a note that you're paid in full. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it's just something I heard. Now, as I was writing this service, I felt God reminding me of something that I think is often forgotten. And what I'm talking about is that what Jesus did before he rode into Jerusalem. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
He was praying. And he prayed Luke 22, 42. Saying, Father, if you are willing, we remove this cup from you. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He knew what was going to happen. And yet he said, no, not my will. Your will, your will be done. Right? And God is such a respecter of will that I believe if Jesus said, you know what, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, God would honor that. But God said, no, you, don't want, you want my will? Here's my will. And so Jesus, knowing that what's going to happen, it's going to happen. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think God wants all of us to ask for his will to be done. A lot of us are afraid. I know I was um, for a long time. And just recently, I just said, you know what, God, not my will, your will be done. You can do far more than what I can do. If I do that, if I make one person happy in this lifetime, what is that? You know, I look at uh, in, uh, eternity, right? And if you take, the best way I can describe it, say if you take every grain of sand that exists, every grain of sand that exists on every beach, wow. every shore, every river, every sand, you line them up, mm-hmm. right? Your life wouldn't even signify one grain of sand. So if you wrap that around, so it, it means eternity, your life wouldn't even represent one grain of sand. Wow. My life wouldn't even represent one grain of sand. Wow. So I ask myself, what am I living for? Am I living for this grain of sand that represents my life? Or am I going to represent, am I going to live for everything else? Mm-hmm. And so I say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And I mean it. Yeah. I'm not telling you to do that right now. I'm not telling you, this is what you have to do. You know what you have to do. Yeah. But for me, and for all I've been through, I'm just at a point where it's like, you know, God, I want to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching a half century, <laughs> and I look at my life, I'm like, there's not much there. I have a beautiful wife and a family, a great family, right? Yep. I have this, this wonderful stuff, but what have I done? What have I allowed Christ to do through me for someone else? You know, I want to get to heaven and be reached with those that people say, you know what, I'm here because of you. That's right. I'm here because of you. You said something to me that changed my life. Yep. Yeah, I would have called you a fool when you said it and they laughed at you. But you know what? I'm here because of it. And yet, there's day after day, I still live my will. Yep. Not the Father's will. Your will be done, Father, not mine. I've done it privately, now I've done it publicly. Can you imagine what the world would be like if we just submitted to his will and said, mm-hmm. You know, if we look at um, 1 John 5 14, it reads, This is the confidence which we have before him, capital H, him. That if we ask anything according to his will, the Father's will, he hears us. Or it also will be done. Anything according to his will, it will be done. But I continually get on my feet, get down on my knees, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Hey God, can, can you do this? Yeah. He's like, how's that for the common good? Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt? How's that for the common good? I've rescued you from so much. 
we should have been dead, Kurt. Mm -hmm. he, he has not done that to me, Father. He's not scolded me. Mm. But that's me to my father saying, you know what? I should try to do more. Mm -hmm. Not that I can't do more, if you know what I mean. God says, be still and know that I'm God. But I can allow him to work through me. And I know, I know at least, I'll say three people, four people in this room, who are five. <laughs> I'm just looking around. Six, sorry, six, that can talk about a time where God just worked through them and helped someone, which they weren't really doing anything. Seven, <laughs> right? The rest of you, I imagine, happened too. Just imagine if that was your day and your day out life. Mm -hmm. Life's being changed, life's being saved because you just said, you know, Lord, you're real, not mine. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. There's times where you get fear and you say, hey, man, I, w I wish I had a stellar job right now. You know, I wish I had a high income coming in so I can actually be confident. But God said, well, how can I be your provider? How can I sustain you? If you had all this money, you'd be looking at the money, not me. So I hope that you're not taking it as I'm preaching at you. This is something that I'm going through. And I've heard in the past, you can't preach anything you're going through. Has to be something you accomplished. Yeah. And I don't really believe in that. I believe that anyway. Thank you. Bob Holly, which I, I love you. <laughs> um, I, I know I thank you because there are things that we're going through that we just need to be honest with. Mm -hmm. And I'm broken. You know? mm -hmm. uh, do I have doubts? Like I said, you know, I have doubts. And I, when I'm at work, you know, my hourly job right now, am I struggling? Yes, I'm struggling. I want to be doing my calling, which yeah. is pastoring. Yeah. Activations. How does knowing Jesus is the last it is the last pass of the Lamb affect your faith? Looking at the Old Testament compared to the New Testament, to see that He's the fulfillment. Fulfillment of that has it affect your faith at all? I know it affected mine. Number two, when you follow in Jesus' steps and lay your will down. Asking God to do His will. And it's put Ephesians 3.20. God, you can do far more. Why am I even trying? I think I want to impress God. You know? Like you want to impress your dad. You're like, hey, dad, look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm successful. Mm -hmm. And God's like, you know you can do nothing without me. <laughs> Three. Why does Revelation depict Christ as a slain lamb 28 times? And only once as the line of the tribe of Judah. Wow. Mm -hmm. You ever thought of that? It's from Revelation 5 5. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Right? So there's John, elders before me. He's like, Stop your weeping. The lamb, the lamb of God, you know, he, he's worthy. He'll, he'll, he'll release all the seven seals. Stop your weeping. Stop being a baby. I say that because I know I wouldn't cry. Stop your crying. He can do it. So he calls him the lamb. Then he calls him the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the very, very next verse is says that John looks up and he sees the lamb like a slain. He sees him standing there like, like a slain lamb between all the four living creatures. Mm -hmm. Do you guys understand the significance of that? I think God actually made Jesus as the lamb because if a, when a lamb is born a lamb needs protection that's right right and God was showing his might his power I think it was like a like a, a nose thing to Satan 
He's like, you know what? You're going to take all my people? I'm going to save them with a lamb. <laughs> a lamb? They need protection. I'm going to actually save all the people with a lamb. And he did. So I pray that all of us collectively can actually lay out our wills down and say, not my will, but you're God. Thank you. Good job, Kurt.